1: This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the
2: Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Keller, Liverpool One.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode from a View from the Bullens. It is, of course, the post-match reaction from the Merseyside derby. I am joined by Lee McLean and Matt Smith. Boys, Liverpool 2, Everton 0, another defeat at Anfield. Seemed quite predictable in reality. Lee, I'll come to you first. No Dominic Cavalier in the starting lineup. wasn't in the squad due to his injury to his hamstrings. So Ellis Sims got the nod. It was a drab affair, wasn't it, from an Evertonian perspective?
1: Yeah, really difficult, mate. Um, not an enjoyable watch again. All too familiar, I'm afraid. When uh, when it comes to the Macy side derbies at Anfield or Goodison for that matter, it was just too easy for them. Um, I think before the game, people were expecting a very very different affair uh, than what we saw. Thought it was just going to be a real you know war of attrition with Everton kicking, everything that moves a real Sean Dyche performance if you like. But there was nothing in it really for for 40 minutes. It was a snooze fest. Um, Liverpool didn't need to be at the best last night. I think there was a couple of Times they, they clicked into third and fourth gear. That's all they needed to do to beat Everton last night. And and that says a lot about where we are as a team and as a club at the minute. You take Dominic, Calvert-Lewin out, and I know we mentioned this off off here. just then. You take Calvert-Lewin out that side and all of a sudden we've become a really toothless animal. Um, and unless you're you pinning your hopes on it on a free kick or a corner or a set piece, other than that, we're not creating hardly anything. Um, so it was disappointing. Um Listen, Liverpool have, have had a tough, a tough run. They've not been at the best, but the fact is they're still miles better than we are. And 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 I dare say the the chasm between us and them has never been bigger. I'm afraid in my lifetime, and it showed last night because, like I say, they they weren't great. They didn't have to be brilliant last night, and and that's what hurts the most, I think. And I just feel for again the the three thousand, two and a half thousand, whatever it was, Evertonians, again who make that trip and. Have to go through that humiliation, because uh, it was just a snapshot of where Everton are really, really difficult. It was it was tough to go into that game expecting anything different than than what we saw, but of course it doesn't make it any easier when it when it plays out that way. So mm-hmm. listen, our survival's not gonna it's it's not gonna hinge on that result last night. And I know emotions get the better of us and we're all angry and we've got our opinions on the game, but we had no right to go into that game last night, expecting anything other than a defeat, really, in reality. Mm-hmm. Um that's how it's played out. We've now got to really, really quickly dust ourselves off, shake ourselves down and I look forward to a much more winnable game on Saturday.
0: Mm. Matt, were you surprised, you know, I read your article, obviously, prior to the derby, were you surprised that our, mid- our midfield didn't dominate as much as we probably hoped that they would?
2: Yeah, I think you look on at that Liverpool midfield on paper, it had obviously no Thiago in it. You've got uh, the young lad in midfield, bit of inexperienced, he's obviously never played in the derby. And yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from them. I think all the things we saw against Arsenal, we didn't really see. We didn't see the powerful midfield that looked to absolutely dominate their midfield. We didn't see them pressing high up the pitch. We didn't see them joining in with the attack. We didn't see them counter pressing. And all the, all the sort of principles that everyone said we need to build on from now kind of went out the window a little bit. And I understand you need to, you need to play a different way without cavalooing, but we completely switched it up and I don't think it was the time to do it I think Arsenal's midfield is is two or three times better than Liverpool's midfield at the moment and we managed to dominate them in certain areas and you know and then we go against this Liverpool midfield who have struggled recently and we completely surrender that sort of style of play but yeah like Lee's mentioned we can't expect too much from these results even you know even if it's one of the worst Liverpool sides in the last sort of five or six years it's probably the worst ever inside, you know, one of the worst in my lifetime. So as as much as they're struggling, we're, we're struggling even more. And, you know, it's just one of them things. But it, it just seems to, everything seems to go out of the way, you know, when we play Liverpool away from home. You know, we could be in the form of our life and we'll still struggle there. It, it it just doesn't, it's just one of them things. You know, their players seem 10 times more up for any game that we've seen this season. And our players don't seem to get up for it the same. So, yeah, that's probably probably my assessment on the game.
0: Just sticking with you, Matt, just talking about the, the first goal, obviously Tarkowski header hits the post and within 10 seconds it's in the back of our net. The way that goal happened, it, it reminded me of Marco Silva, Frank Lampard, that sort of tenure where team broke on us and all of a sudden it's a four on one, four on two. I was really, really surprised that under a Sean Dyche team, OK, I know it's very, very early in his tenure, that we would be caught out so quickly, and especially, we had a couple of chances to maybe take a yellow card, take a professional foul, stop the counter. We didn't. We were maybe a bit too nice. Really, really disappointing for me, that.
2: Yeah, I think there was about four or five different mistakes in, in that goal. And, you know, I think it, it sums up how how, how much uh, or how little, sorry, pace we've got on the side. They were bombing forward with Darwin Nunez and Salah and all these players. And we've got Michalenko and McNeil and Tarkowski trying to keep up with their players. And it's, it just, you know, pace and power is so important in the Premier League. It's, it's just simple as that. You can have players with less technical ability, but if you've got pace and power, you, you'll, you'll dominate games and, and get into these attacking positions. And, and yeah, Mikelenko kind of gets caught in the middle of whether to press Nunez, um, or, or drop off behind Pickford's in absolute no man's land a Aguay should be taking him out. But at the end of the day, I don't think he realized that what was behind him, to be honest, he needs to shout, you know, get, just take him down. And I think Dosh mentioned that in his pre, uh, post match interview. He said, you know, we need to start taking little, little professional fouls here and there. And there was a few cases in the game we should have done exactly the same. I think for leading up to the second goal was exactly the same as that. And it's just, it's just learning these little, these little things. And, you know, maybe it's a bit of inexperience from some players, maybe an honor. But yeah, there there were so many different individual mistakes. And I think it's another case of, you know, Deutsch's set pieces are so important to him and and how we're going to score goals. And, you know, then we commit too many men forward possibly and and try and gamble and get that goal. And then it
0: comes back and bites us
2: in in the end as they counter-attack, unfortunately.
0: Mm, Lads, what did you think to Jordan Pickford's positioning for the goal? Lee, I'll come to you first. Obviously, the quick break, it was... He looked like he sort of gambled, didn't he? he? Looked like he was maybe preempting either a poor touch from Salah or the ball running past Salah, and he could then gather it into his into his arms. Difficult one, you know. I've seen some pros, some negatives about it. What What were your thoughts on his positioning?
1: Yeah, it was a strange one for me. I think they said it in commentary. I, I don't think he was expecting it to get to um, past Salah. I thought he, he didn't think Salah was going to get to it. I thought he'd think it was going to bypass him. So I think he's gambled on that. And it, that you see his position and it was that far over to the left. He's not expecting Salah to reach that ball. I think he's just caught in two minds. It's one of them. Um, on, on the telly when you're watching it, it looks really, really bad. And in essence, Salah's left with it, almost an open goal in the end. So anytime a goalkeeper makes a mistake or what could be deemed to be a mistake, it's magnified because more often than not, it ends up in the back of the net. But I think... You'd be you'd be very harsh. if You'd be pointing fingers at Jordan Pickford as the reason why we lost that game um, last night, and we're talking about it all too often. I think whenever we go one goal down, I mean we've said this time and time again over the course of the last couple couple of years, um, you can almost write the game off um, most of the time. You go goal down, and you might as well turn the TV off or. or Go out to turnstile and go back home, go to beds, whatever, because we offer that little. And the, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are more statty than me and tactically aware. Um, but I think we've scored more than one goal. Is it, is it two or three times this season? So the facts speak for themselves and and when that went in, you, your heart sinks and you're thinking, this is really, really difficult and the most we can ask for is a draw. But yeah, I don't. I, I think it, it's poor from Pickford. I think he, he'll he look at that himself and he'll think, what could he have done better? But he was left in a position where we were sort of four on one. Um, so he was going to have to make some sort of gamble for him. It's obviously not paid off and it's ended up in a goal.
0: So yeah, it's just one of them. Mm. What were your thoughts on it, Matt?
1: Yeah, similar
2: to Lee, I think it's definitely a mistake from Pickford, but when you've got, you know, I think it was a five on two or a six on three, or, you know, there's always going to be something going to happen and and Pickford's going to have to make a decision. Ultimately, he made the wrong decision. But, yeah, you've got to prevent three or four different things happening before it gets to Pickford anyway. So I think it's it's harsh to even even think about blaming him too much.
0: I was really disappointed going in at the first half. Obviously, a a goal down, of course. I I didn't think there was much in the first half. I thought, obviously, they had more of the ball. They had a couple of moments, I think across from Nunes and I think someone headed it wide obviously down the other end so it was difficult to tell but all in all there wasn't really much in the first half there wasn't much football being played Everton were were holding their own to an extent we obviously weren't having much of the ball but Liverpool weren't really getting out of second gear were they really so to go in at 1-0 down I was really really obviously disappointed but looking at the second half guys four minutes in to concede the second league it it, it just kills you it doesn't it it absolutely kills you your team talk goes out the window any wind in your sails is now gone. The crowd are then up. You've got a mountain to climb. You, ju- you just can't concede, Can you four minutes after. It doesn't matter where you are in the league or who you're playing against. You just cannot concede. So it's such a poor time to concede. I was fuming. I was absolutely fuming with it.
1: Yeah, no, I was as well. You're right, mate. I think there's never a good time to concede. But uh, again, this is another trait that follows Evan around far too often. The amount of times we come out for the second half and we concede pivotal goals really, really early on. It's it's a killer. Um, and again, the nature of the goal, Sean Dyche, I'm sure, at half-time. because Listen, it was a it was a poor Everton performance. It wasn't a great Liverpool performance, but at half-time, like you say, we're still in the game. Um, you know, we didn't pull up any trees in the first half, but it's 1-0, fine margins. That goal goes in from Tarkovsky, the header, sorry. It, it, it could be a different game. And Sean Dyche will have been saying, listen, keep it tight. Let's stay in the game for, for maybe 15, 20 minutes, then then we maybe we bring Damari Gray on something a little bit different. And we hope to nick one and, and we we could be walking away from Anfield with a, a valuable point. But I mean the nature of the goal again, it's it's so, so disappointing when you when you watch it back. Um I mean what what Connor kind of Cody's thinking, I don't know. Um, you know, it's not as if it's it's been flashed across at lightning speed or he's he he was having to stretch for it where you're risking an own goal where you see many of those ones happening. He sort of just let it fly past his foot and it's just a real, real bizarre error of judgment from him. And it's a tap in at the back post. And, and like you say, at that point it's two 0 and, you know, they're really enjoying it in the stands there. Uh, you know, they're enjoying the day out uh, and the trip to the city, um, you know, more than what they were five minutes before. Um, and, you know, they're rubbing it in and it, and it can't have been pleasant for any blue uh, there last night and, and, you know, credit to everyone who, who was there. But yeah, as soon as that goes in, it's damage limitation. And, and the fact that we got out there just a 2-0, I'm sort of grateful for, for small mercies in the end. And it wasn't a, a shattering of confidence going into to Saturday. But yeah, game over at 2-0. Simple as that.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think when he went 2-0, I think I'd turn around to me mate. And as long as it doesn't go 3-4-5, it. it might be a sort of blessing just to get out of here now. Because obviously you never know what can happen with Everton, especially at Anfield. Matt, do you think Sean Dyche would have learnt a lot from... From this game, there was a lot to take in for Sean Dyson, Ian Wone, and Steve Stone. But you'd imagine he's probably earned, he's learned more from this game than he has against the Arsenal game.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think there's, there was, I think individually last week, I don't think you could criticise many players at all. Uh, Arsenal game, I think Onana was a clear man of the match. But if you were voting second and third, you could have had a good shout for her, most of them. And then, Compare that to the Liverpool game. There was so many individual errors, so many individual perf- poor performances, and I think, like you mentioned, it he'll learn a lot about his players individually. He'll learn a lot about, you know, our attacking problems. And but unfortunately, it's too late to solve that for this season. But you know, he know I think he knows now. Ellington's probably isn't ready for Premier League football starting, as particularly against a you know a tough side. I think he's learned a lot about you know the likes of a away being and mcneil they're they're probably not going to be consistent performers every single week, and you know that midfield it's not always gonna work I think in transition the likes of decorio and Nana are powerful players, but when you're asking them to play a bit more Decorio particularly you i think Dutch mentioned in his his post match as well he, he said he want he wanted to try and get them to play a bit more and because obviously there was no there was no Cavaloon to sort of play into and our midfielder at the moment can't really do that. I think he, he he's definitely learnt that. You know, it just again, he's not a natural holding ball player midfielder. De Corey doesn't really like receiving the ball on the half turn. He's better when he's sort of driving at players. And yeah, I think he, he would have 100% learnt a lot about these players and, you know, rightly so because I, I said before the Arsenal and Liverpool games, it, it wasn't about uh, it wasn't about result really for me. It was about showing that they've reacted to Deutsch's methods and they want to f- fight for this team over the next few months. And Arsenal game was was exactly that. It wasn't for me. It wasn't the result, but obviously we got the result as well. Yesterday wasn't about the result. It was about performance, and they didn't show up. As simple as that. So, so yeah, I think he's definitely learned a lot about his players individually and 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 collectively.
0: Mm, the lads, someone that was coming under immense criticism during the game in the stands was, or especially around me, was Vitaly Mikalenko. Lee, I'll come to you first on him. He obviously, he was up against Mo Salah, who on his day, unfortunately, is probably one of the best attackers, wingers, forwards, whatever you want to call it, in the in the league. He, he was left isolated with Salah quite often in the game, I thought, and I thought, obviously, he really, really struggled to contain him. I thought he was quite poor, actually, during the game, Mikalenko. Do you now think there's an argument to maybe start Ben Godfrey at, at left-back?
1: Um, I think I think the clue in the answer to that question is how many times we're having to ask that question. Um, you know, you go back the last few weeks and and you've you've put that to me, you put it to Ben, to Matt. You know, a few, a few times we've talked about this. And at the end of the day, Michael Enko is what he is. He's he's very basic. He, he's like your he's like your, your value range left back. Um, that's that's probably the analogy I put on it. Um, you know, he'll do what it, he'll do what it says on the tin. Um, but ultimately, he lets you down too often. I think he. he Technically, he's not there. He's slow. He hasn't got enough pace. I don't think for, for a modern day fullback, he does not offer any attack and threat going forward whatsoever. And in, in a team that needs as much attack and impetus and creativity from anywhere we can get it, that obviously that's a flaw that's highlighted, you know, week in, week out. But I think defensively, there's starting to be question marks uh, over his head as well. And I'd be very surprised. I think I, when I think of Sean Dyche, I think of. The Carlo Ancelotti back four that people are now probably campaigning for um louder than ever. Um so putting Ben Godfrey at left back, putting Mason Holgate maybe at right back, and having that four centre halves across the back, because when you're not I know it's a cliche, um, but it applies to Everton, I'm afraid, at the minute, when you're not scoring a lot of goals and you're not creating a lot of chances, and uh, you've got to, you've got to keep it at nil. Um, you know, more often than not, you've got to be really, really tight and solid and hard to beat. So I'm expecting or when 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 I heard that Dice was, was the appointment, I was fully expecting him to revert to that. Obviously it may have been a little bit too soon to jump straight to that against Arsenal. There's a there's a um there's an argument that he's gotta give the players who were there a chance to to prove themselves and I, and I think there's a there is, you know, value in that. But I think you you're right. I think you will have learned a lot from that performance last night and, and when I was watching it, obviously I wasn't at the game, but I was on social media and the one common theme coming through was the fullbacks, and um, you know people were, were crying out for, for, for a change, and and they were you know, vocal about the the poor performance from both fullbacks. And again, really really reluctant to aim too much criticism at Seamus Coleman because he's thirty four years of age. He's been a, an amazing servant for this football club, and and you know he'll he'll be the first to tell you that he, he probably shouldn't be in this position. Um, you know probably five, six years on from that horror injury should have been replaced and Nathan Patterson being injured obviously isn't helping, but he's not up to it. Uh, And, you know, when you're facing a a front three of Liverpool's um, quality and pace and, and aggression and strength, you're always really, really going to struggle. So I'd be very surprised if, even on Saturday against Leeds, as quickly as that, we don't see um, some changes in, in the full back position. But I think Mikolenko was particularly poor last night and it's becoming a theme, unfortunately. What,
0: what are your thoughts, Matt, on Vitaly Mikolenko? And, and we'll touch on Seamus Coleman as well. What are your thoughts on that? Like I said, there was quite a lot of criticism in terms of is not good enough, get him off, you know, the usual shouts, I suppose, from the away end. What were your thoughts on Mikolenko's performance?
2: Yeah, again, I think he was a standout, you know, in terms of poor performances. And Lee mentioned there about, you know, um, value range. and But we, we certainly didn't pay value range price either. That's the issue. And that just sums up our recruitment. And, you know, Ruben Vinagre as our backup option. Mikolenko's had a fair amount of poor performances now. And this Vinagre's never been given a shot. And that tells you a lot about him as well. I think, personally. And I think that just sums up our recruitment again. We have brought in a left-back as cover, who quite clearly isn't good enough to cover for our left-back who's not performing. If you're not good enough to get into this Everton team at the moment uh, at all, then you know, you've know you got real problems. And uh, it completely sums up our, our recruitment. And yeah, Mikulenko, he, like Lee's mentioned, I think he summed it up perfectly there. If If you're not Providing going forward, then you've got to do your defensive job. And at the moment, he's just not doing that. He looks like, a, you know, a 16 year old lad playing his first senior game. I think I said that to you last night. And, um, it's, it, it's not really an excuse anymore at his age. You know, he's, he's, young, he's a young lad, but we've given him a lot of Premier League experience already since he's come in. You know, he's pretty much started almost every game since he's come in and we need to see improvements and. I think a lack of cover is, is our, our main issue at the moment. But Ben Godfrey's, you know, he's played there a fair amount in his career. I've always had the concern that he's not that great going forward in terms of, you know, deliveries into the box, but you know, he can drive forward, but he, he's not going to really have that much responsibility going forward under, under dodge So I think it, it's definitely an option for me going forward. Coleman on the other side is, you know, it's just another difficult one. Hopefully, Patterson's not too far away. But, you know, again, he him himself, Patterson, he's he struggled at times. And, you know, it's just sort of, like I mentioned, it sums up our recruitment because Patterson probably shouldn't have been relied upon straight away and Mikolenko shouldn't have been relied upon straight away. But we left ourselves in a position where Patterson had to play almost every week and the same with Mikulenko. So, so yeah, as much as it's poor performances from now, and I think it just, it just shows our deeper
0: problems at the moment. Mm-hmm. moving further up the pitch guys obviously Ellis Sims got a, a huge opportunity to start in the Merseyside derby he was hooked during the, the second half and he was substituted for Damari Gray Matt I'll stick with you first there was obviously a lot of expectation I suppose on Ellis Sims Everyone, some ever are are maybe getting their first glimpse of him obviously since coming back from loan from Sunday what did you make of his performance it, in fairness to him he's still young very very difficult playing that lone role especially against a good side like Liverpool on their day but he struggled, didn't he? He really, really struggled.
2: Yeah, he did. And you know, I don't I don't want to be the the man to, you know, shoot shots at him. I think it's really unfair on him, to be honest. You know, I I've watched a fair bit of him at Sunderland, you know, when I do sort of articles on lone players and things, and he's he's still not a complete player. He's not he's not one of the best forwards in the championship, knocking on the Premier League door. You know, he's a good, you know, average championship player. He's he's where he probably should be in his development, and that's absolutely fine. But the, again, the issue is he shouldn't be in this in this first team squad at the moment. It's the same with Tom Cannon. People were giving shouts for Tom Cannon to play every week because everyone else was struggling. No, he shouldn't be there. He should be in the championship, learning his learning his trade, and that's where Sim should be right now. We shouldn't be in a position where we have to rely on him. And I, it's rare that you ever see a a, a big striker playing up front on his own. Anyway, you know who's who's he going to win these headers to? Who's he going to win these knockdowns to? If he, you know, he won a he won the odd. You know, aerial drew last night, but it drops to absolutely no one. We didn't have, you know, we played a flat midfield three. Not one of them was bombing forward. What's he going to do with the balls that go up towards him? A lot of the time we didn't try and go long, but at times we had to. They pressed really high. We had to go long. And then he's either losing his, his aerial duel or he's nodding it on, flicking it on to absolutely nobody. So I think he was he was given a really unfair task yesterday. And I, I think it's it's very difficult to blame in individually, but again, like we've already mentioned it's just it just boils down to our to our poor recruitment, and we don't need to tell people that we should have brought a striker in January because I think it definitely summed it up last night for sure.
0: Yeah, it was it was evident, wasn't it? And I do agree with you, Sims. Obviously, in an ideal situation should have been left at Sunderland for the season and, and to reapply his trade in the Championship. Lee, what did you make of Ellis Sims? Again, he's coming under probably quite a bit of criticism, Not maybe not criticism, but questions, question marks over him. He, it, it's tough for him, isn't it? Young lad being thrown into the Lions' den, playing on your own up front, very little service, and he's not as mobile as Dominic Cavalier, and maybe some Evertonians didn't realise that, but he, he's not as mobile or athletic as Dominic Cavalier and who can really run the channel sometimes and pin centre halves. He's he needs a strike partner, he doesn't he, someone like Sims?
1: Yeah, I felt really, really sorry for him last night. Really, really sorry for him. Um, I think I'll reserve my anger for for the people who have put us in this position where Ellis Sims is having to start games and, and start a Merseyside side derby away in Anfield just because one of our strikers is out. It's a, it's a horrific position to be in. I really felt for the lad, I really, really did. Um, I think we all know what his limitations are. Um, there's no way... I think it'd be hard for, hard pressed, sorry, to find an Evertonian who, who would argue the case that he's ready at, at Premier League level. But um, I think what last night shows us is he certainly isn't. That um, you know, he's, he's I think a rough diamond is being kind to Ellis Sims. He's, I think what Matt, Matt summed it up really really well there for me. I think he's a Championship level striker. Um, People are going on about his age. I think he's 22. Um, you know, there's, there's a number of examples of of strikers who have been more than proven at Premier League level long before the age of 22. Uh, you're not a kid at that age. You should be fully developed. And, and ultimately, that's where Alex Sims is. And listen, he, he's a he's a good pro. Uh, he was well liked at Sunderland. I think it's a sad indictment of the predicament that we're in that he's back at the football club and we have to thrust him in in this. I think the commentary team last night I think Gary Neville was was also really really sympathetic towards um, Ellis Sims it was it was cruel it was almost like we hung him out to dry Um, but yeah he didn't suit the system that we were playing in he was very very isolated there was sort of 20-25 yards between him and any Everton player um, at, at each point last night it was really really disappointing so Listen, again, finger of blame, doesn't go towards Ellis Sims, but I think what last last night showed us is, is he an option for Everton Football Club going forward? If we want to get out of the position that we're in now, I'd say probably probably no. Mm.
0: Matt, do you think that Sean Dyche used that game to have a look at Ellis Sims? Obviously a bit of a shot in the dark away at Anfield. Do you think he used it as an opportunity just to think, you know what, I know it's a derby, but we beat Arsenal, so we got three out of the six points, so to speak, so we use this as a bit of a, not a trial for for LA Sims, but a, a good chance to have a look at him with some bigger and more important games to come.
2: Yeah, maybe I think I think he thought potentially that he was the closest thing we were going to get to Calvert Lewin, but you know he's quite simply he's not he's not the same player. He's not as as you've mentioned he's not as mobile. He's not as quick, and he's just not as good. You know he's not, he's not he's not a Premier League player like like Calvert Lewin is on his on his day. So so yeah, maybe he's. he's Tried to take a look at him, but I think it, it says a lot about what he thinks of Neil Mope already. I think T- to not be given a chance to to play when Kaverluan's not fit, and Ellis Sims, who you know less than a month ago, just over a month ago was was playing on loan in the Championship, is now being started ahead of you. What does that say? And I hate to keep bringing it to recruitment, but it it just shows that he thought or Dutch thought. Sims was more suited to being Cavallaro's replacement than Mope was and i think that shows how poor the recruitment was again last summer that we brought in a striker who is a completely different profile to Calvert-Lewin and quite frankly not on the same level you know they're completely different players Mope may come good in the in the right system but he's not suited to a system that is suited to and that's where i think Sims came in he he's probably more suited to to play in that role than Mope is in terms of profile, um, and like I said, probably thought he was similar to Cavallaro, but but at the end of the day, it just it he's just not at at the required level yet. Whether he ever will be, we won't know at the moment. But but yeah, I think you know, Deutsch knows there's there's issues up top. In he, he's learned very quickly that there's issues with Cavallaro. You know, they've thrown him right in at the deep end in terms of that. Straight away, as soon as he, you know, he has him for one game, and that's it. He, he's definitely getting a taste of what sort of Frank Lampard's had over the last eighteen months, and and yeah, he's he's obviously just gone. You know what? It's probably a bit of a free hit. Maybe ever, a lot of Evertonians didn't see it that way, you know. But at the end of the day, he's seen a a team top half of the league away from home. Everton's away form's been shocking over the last sort of two years, and he's seen that and thought, yeah, that's it. We will chuck him in see what he can do. And as we've already mentioned, he's learned a lot and that's probably one of the things he's learned on top of
0: that, for sure. Mm -hmm. And there we have it, guys. Liverpool 2, Everton 0. That is your post-match reaction. Keep an eye on all our social media channels as always for all the latest news coming out of Goodison Park. We'll be back in the studio on Wednesday with more content and more things to get your teeth into, especially with Everton's huge game at Goodison Park on Saturday against Leeds United. I think that sums up a real six-pointer going into the running. In the meantime... Have a great week. Stay safe. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.